Welcome back to the podcast and to a new series of episodes that will lead us through the last few hours of Jesus' life as recorded by the Gospel writer John. Over the next several weeks, we'll be diving deep into John chapters 13 through 17, and we look forward to having you join us. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. We're continuing our study that uh, began several weeks ago, probably a couple of months ago at this point, as we began studying back in John chapter 13 and have continued that study through John chapter 17, which we're going to finish today. So we, we've spent the last two weeks talking about uh, the the first two sections, if you will, of Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, and we're going to conclude that today. Uh, so before we read this last few verses together and, and start to talk about the specifics of how Jesus concludes this prayer, Jeremy, maybe you can give us kind of some context and and what this prayer has been about thus far. Um, again, we've broken it into two sections, two different weeks, but obviously it was one prayer, it was one uh, cohesive conversation that Jesus was having with his Father. And so maybe you can just kind of set the stage for us a little bit before we dive into verse 20 and following. Yeah, we've kind of broken up this prayer like we've broken up this conversation, yeah, you know, in a right. lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you make mention here in John chapter 17, this is the third week that we've spent on this one prayer. And so it would have been something that he would have voiced at one time, at one sitting, following a conversation that would have taken place at one time, mm-hmm. at one sitting, all the way back in John chapter 13, uh, beginning. And so even though, as you made mention, we have spent several, several episodes on this conversation, it, it is really important, I think really important, as we study this section of Scripture, to really keep focused in your mind, the very front part of your mind, that this is happening at one time. As we have studied over a course of a couple of months, probably, that this would have been a few-hour conversation, mm-hmm. a very emotional, yeah. um, very up-and-down, if you will, conversation, uh, that Jesus is very focused on not just about what what is about to happen, which he is fully aware of and talks about extensively in this conversation, but really focused on these men and what it's going to be like for them moving forward. And you, you see that in the conversation itself from chapters 13 through 16, and you have definitely seen that here in this prayer, that, you know, in a prayer that you would think he would be very self-focused in this moment, he continues to to buck that trend, right? And he is he's really focused on these men. And we talked about last week in the section of prayer where he talks to God specifically about the stewardship aspect of uh, of his word and, and certainly of these men, and that that he that he has prepared them that they are ready, that they are certainly going to face difficulty. But he asks God to protect them and to be there with them. And, and certainly Jesus knows that he will do that. But in, in, when they're able to hear it, we've talked about that, probably they're here, continuing to be here and listening mm-hmm. to him praying. Peace, we've talked a lot about. Joy, words that you wouldn't think are popping up in the midst of this conversation. But certainly here at the end of this conversation, they've dominated. No question. Well, let's go ahead and read these last few verses together, and then 
we can discuss some of the specifics. We'll begin in verse number 20 of John 17. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you have gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Now that passage of Scripture is a little bit of a tongue twister in reading it. I read through it a couple of different times um, because it can be a little bit challenging, the language that Jesus uses. But you know, one of those, um, you can categorize it under the, the obvious category of Bible study techniques. When something's repeated over and over again, it, it's done so for a reason, and it's meant to be focused on. And here we can just, you can't possibly read these verses without recognizing the unity, the oneness that Jesus is just hammering on as he talks about those who are going to follow him in the future. And so you can clearly tell where Jesus' mind is as he begins to wrap up this prayer and looks forward to those who are going to follow him as a result of the teaching of the apostles that's to come. He is looking for unity. He is looking for oneness. And that has dominated his thinking here at the end of this prayer. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar. He does really the same thing early on and earlier in this prayer with when he's talking specifically about his apostles, that he wants them to be unified. He wants them to be one. And so that focus is there. And, and we also get a little insight on why he wants that, I mm-hmm. think. That, you know, there's so many benefits that certainly come from Jesus' disciples being unified in all things, right? There's lots of things that come. But Jesus makes mention of one very specific thing, and that's really kind of the evangelistic aspect of it. He said there in verse 21 that, you know, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. It's, you know, it's very reminiscent of, you know, what he said, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 about, you know, the fact that, you know, he wants us to be lights in the world, uh, that he wants us to glorify him so that others may glorify Mm -hmm. him, that he's always thinking about the impact, you know, that we have. John, you know, makes mention of, you know, the love that we would have for one another and that that would stand out in the world and that that would be a identifying marker even, you know, the kind of love that we're talking about. And so you start to pin all of those things together and you get this idea that he wants a, he wants a group of people that are unified, that are on the same page, that are all in for one another, certainly following God. And if that's the case, it's going to have a massive impact. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the book of Acts. 
But what's really powerful about this statement is he's way out in the future. Yeah. You know, here, yeah. so the points being made is the impact that we see in the book of Acts remains an impact that can happen today if his followers remain unified. And that's a lot of times easier said than done, mm-hmm. but it, it is a huge component. And one, as you made mention, he kind of hits from about 55 different <laughs> angles here in just a few verses. Yeah, you, you think about the fact that, you know, he's he's thinking about those who will hear the words of the apostles, and it, it's easy to think about the pages of Acts and, and all that's going to come as a result of that. But I think you, you touched on it, and the, the beauty of this is that Jesus is offering these words about you and I just as much as he was about the Christians in the first century, mm-hmm. because you and I have the opportunity to read, hear, and understand the same words that changed the lives of the Christians in the first century. And so we can have unity with people that are dead and gone. We can have unity with people that we've never met. There's Christians around the world that I've never met, and even if I did, I wouldn't be able to communicate with because we don't even speak the same language, but I can have unity with them because we follow the same Lord. And and that is just the, the beauty and the wonder of the gospel is that it is it is so perfectly constructed that everyone who follows Christ and everyone who hears the teachings of the apostles can have unity with one another and with the Lord and with the Father. And it's just this beautiful picture of a family. We used that example last week when we were in the earlier stages of John 17. But it's, it's kind of the same concept here that there is just a big, huge, wonderful, unified family that is tight-knit, and we're tight-knit because we all have the same purpose, we all have the same goals, we're all reading from the same book, and, and, and there's just there's so much peace and comfort found in that fact, and it's a good reminder to us when the world gets very tumultuous at times and can cause a lot of stress and anxiety in different ways to just think about the unity that we can have with one another and with the Father. That's very comforting. Yeah, I mean, he's already talked about a little bit before this with the, you know, the fact that with his own apostles that he, they're they're in a world that hates them, they're they're in a world that is going to cause problems for them, and so they have to be one, right? They've got to be there together. They've got to be focused on that unity, and that's only there to help. Well, again, that that still plays in a very similar, if not the exact same way, you know, today is that we remain into living and uh, going about life in a world that is full of wickedness. And that can be lonely at times, and it can be scary at times. And um, there's there's power in numbers in a lot of ways. And so if you are unified in the level that Jesus is talking about here with other followers of him, it is a powerful, powerful thing. And I think Jesus is making reference to that here. He's making reference to the power in the unity. So much so, he is paralleling it with the unity that he has with the Father. Mm-hmm. And there's incredible power in that, we know. And he's done that really throughout this whole conversation, is he's paralleled his relationship with the Father and his apostles' relationship with him, right? And even their relationship with each other. And so we've got to be thinking about our relationships with each other, our relationship with Christ, our relationships with the Father, in much the same way that he's talking about here. Yeah, and isn't it something to think about 
being able to have a relationship with God the Father that mirrors the relationship that Christ had with the Father. I mean, they, they are one. I mean, we think about the Godhead, the Trinity. They, they are one. They are of the same mind in every way. And we can have that same type of unity through this relationship that is now available to us because of Christ and what he has done. And so you think about what Christ is saying here, and, and it's, we were reminded of the fact that if he hadn't come to earth and completed this great plan that he talked about at the beginning of John chapter 17, that this unity that you and I and, and many others are blessed to be a part of wouldn't be possible. It, there would be no unity with the Father if it hadn't been for Christ, because I, I needed to have my sins forgiven in order to have this unity with the Father that Jesus is talking about. I needed to be adopted into his family. That wouldn't have been possible without Christ and without him doing what he did while he was here on earth. And so it's a, a really strong reminder to me to be just forever grateful of that because I look at this passage of unity and it puts a smile on my face and it gives me hope and comfort and all of that is possible because Jesus came to earth. He fulfilled this plan that he referenced here that was goes back to before the foundations of the world and he made this unity possible. And that is just such an amazing gift that he brought to this world and it's one that I would do well to remind myself of regularly because it is... It truly is the basis of all of the hope that I have is this unity that I can have with Christ. Yeah, and the one thing that he also reiterates, not just in verse 21, but in verse 23 as well, that yet yeah, unity is the emboldened underlying headline of this mm-hmm. passage. There's a question about that. But a bullet point underneath that is then the impact that that's going to have on the people around. Yep. And so we made mention of verse 21, you know, that, the, hey, the world's going to believe that you sent me. And then he reiterates that even. We talked about this repetition that he uses in this section. He makes mention of it again in verse 23, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved, the, loved you as you have loved me, that they're going to know that. And so, again, you see this impact that unity can have on mm-hmm. the world. And I don't know if... If we talk a whole lot about, I mean, we talk about the impact that, you know, trust and our faith can have on the people around us, and most certainly it can. Certainly the words of God and the truth and the impact that that can have, there's power in the gospel, and there absolutely is. But here it is just unity. Unity is where where power is. And, and maybe, as you had just made mention of, if I'm focusing on that, a little bit more. Maybe we're able then to tap into, you know, that power that he's talking about here. Yeah, I think you're right. We have to be focused on that regularly. And I think I think you used the, the appropriate word there, that there is great power found in that. We talked last week about the, the safety and the security that is found in a relationship with God. And I think that's being even highlighted more uh, this week with the unity that we can have through him. Uh, he also talks there a little bit further down about the reality that, listen, not everyone is going to be a part of this relationship because while the world has heard of Jesus, and, and if we're being honest, you'd have to go to the very ends of the earth to find people who at least haven't heard of Jesus right. today. But there's a lot of people that don't know him, and, and that's because they don't have a desire 
to find the truth. They don't have a desire to believe the truth. They don't, they don't have a desire to build a faith and a relationship with him. And as a result of that, you know, we've, we've also made the point in a, in a couple of, of podcast episodes going back uh, that the gospel message has, was, and always will be very divisive in a lot of ways. It is offensive to the world. And the reality is that there is going to be a large section of the world that does not know Christ and does not know this unity that he is talking about here. And that is going to put us at odds with the world. It always will. It always has. So we need to be prepared for that. But the the gift of this unity should definitely overshadow any of the the repercussions or the persecutions that we would face from those who have chosen not to know Christ. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I'm, you know, kind of reading, you know, through this really whole chapter again, and we've talked about, you know, the the level of joy and the level of comfort and peace that, that Jesus has seemed to be really focused on, you know, in the midst of this whole conversation and even here. And, and we, you know, several weeks ago, we, we brought up there in, in John chapter 14 that, you know, uh, he's going to go away, and you can't come with me. And you know, the uh, they're troubled by that because we know that they are because Jesus says, "Don't don't be troubled mm-hmm. by that." And then he makes the point that you know, there's a time when you're going to be with me, right? You're going to be where I'm going. You're going to be there with me. And then it, the remarkable thing here in this conversation is where Jesus really says the exact same thing for yeah. for each and every one of us. Very specific there in John 14 mm-hmm. for his apostles. There. There, but here, as he is looking out into the future for all of those that are going to believe on him, he makes the point here in verse 24 that as he talks to his father, that listen, the desire for him is that we be there with them. And, and yeah. you know, to think about what his desire is. And that, that's what he wants. You know, he wants me. He wants me to have a, converse, a, a relationship with him. And he wants that relationship to be so incredibly personal that I'll spend eternity with him. And, and when we begin to think about who it is that's speaking and who it is that he's speaking to, and we start to put those pieces together and think, he's talking about me. Yeah. I mean, it, it is mind-boggling stuff that's occurring here at the very end of chapter 17. It is, and it's so it's so beautiful. It's so powerful. Um, I love verse 26 and the way he really wraps this up. I've declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. And we think about the love that God had for his son, and, and there are, you know, there are even passages that we can reference. John three sixteen, you know, he he loved the world so much that he was willing to give this son of his, this son that he loved. I mean, I think about the love that I have for my children, and yet God was willing to give His son to the world. And I think here in verse twenty six, it's it's this picture of the love that God had for Christ, that Christ has for us that we can have for others. It's just this continual circle of love that is all rooted in God, who is love. And and we can share in that great love that he has shown to us time and time again throughout our lives. And Jesus is is recognizing the the glue that's going to hold us all together, which is love, as he concludes this prayer. And I think it's a very fitting way to wrap things up in this prayer to to bring up that aspect 
of God's love and the fact that Jesus has conveyed that love to us, and we now can live recognizing that God loves us the same way that he loves Jesus. It's really a powerful and very fitting way to conclude, I think, this prayer. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised by it. I mean, John will put, you know, uh, his own spin on it when he gets into writing in First John. I mean, all of John's writings is very love-centered. Yeah. It, it really is. But then he makes the point in First John about God and, and who he is. He is defined by love. It's not just that God loves. He certainly does, but that he is love. And, and so it, it, we shouldn't be surprised as Jesus kind of closes this prayer out that that's where the focus is. The focus is on love, the love that he has for the Father, and certainly the love that they have for all of his followers, uh, where the apostles are certainly included as they're listening to this, and for each and every one of us who are believers of his included in that as well. We'll go ahead and stop there for the day. Uh, this, this kind of concludes the section of, of John that we set out to study uh, beginning in chapters 13 and, and concluding here in chapter 17. Uh, we are going to do a couple of episodes to kind of wrap things up a little bit, looking into chapters 18 and 19 of John, uh, just to kind of put a bow on this whole topic. So there will be a, another episode or two in the weeks to come about um, kind of how this story concludes here, but uh, this has been a wonderful study. I hope you all have enjoyed it. Um, it's really been powerful to take some time and to look into these last few hours of Jesus' life and the conversations that he was having. So we want to thank you all for joining us in that, and we will do it again next week.